RadioInfluence.com. All righty, we're just rolling on, rolling on. End of March here, going into April now. Uh, baseball season is just about here. I got some great guests coming up. But you know what? It's always football season in America. With the draft right around the corner, it's always big, especially the first round. That first night, the first round, your team, who are they picking? What trades are made? What breaking news is has uh, one of those top first round prospects fall down all that jazz so we got that now we're getting into closer to the crunch time and the nhl and the nba and you know and it's just it's a great time it's a great time but my guest today i am so impressed by maurice jones drew what a what a hell of a running back he was the NFL's leading rusher. If you remember, it was 2011. He led the NFL in rushing yards. He was a three-time All-Pro, a three-time Pro Bowler, a nine-year NFL veteran running back, Jaguars, Raiders. Uh, got into broadcasting and just keeps climbing up that ladder. NFL Network does a fantastic job. He's the color analyst on the L.A. Rams radio network with my buddy, J.B., J.B. Long. Uh, what a great story. And I saw him at the Combine. I mentioned J.B.'s name. Oh, he stopped. He goes, you know what? I just stopped in here, man, in the media room. I'll be back tomorrow. You going to be here? And a lot of guys say that. And I'm like, yeah, I will. All right, I'll catch you tomorrow. And most of the time, the chances of you running into each other again. And sure enough, I saw him in the media center, in the convention center. He was doing a a nice sit-down interview. Waited my time. Couldn't have been more gracious. Just very, very impressive. Now I get it. I get it. So without further ado, his career both on the field and mostly off the field, you know? How did he become, after being that three-time Pro Bowler, the NFL's leading rusher and just a badass on the football field, how did he be so, become so successful as a broadcaster? So this is a good one, one of my favorites. Here he is, Maurice Jones-Drew. All right, I am with Maurice Jones-Drew, one badass running back and just keeps climbing the charts in the media. There's no end in sight for you, is there, Maurice? Uh, I hope not. Um, I think uh, the thing for me is always try to find a challenge, and the media has been a heck of a challenge. Um, But I enjoy it, uh, and I just want to keep going to see where it ends up. You do a very, you're very versatile, almost like you were as a player out of the backfield and also catching passes and everything else. I mean, be, you know, we'll get into your, you know, great career a little bit, but when did you start thinking that I want to be on air? I want to lend my opinion. When did that start? <laughs> uh, a lot of people will tell you, I've never been as shy would tell you how I feel. Um, but I had a professor at UCLA um, challenged me one day in class and uh, she was like, you know, you're a little ahead of some of the other guys here. Uh, I'd like you to do 
um, I, I forget what it's called, but like public speaking, gotcha. right? And so she's like, you need to prepare something and I want you to, uh, you know, say it in front of the class and which is the hardest thing to do when you have your friends in the class. Oh, oh, uh, that may be the oh. toughest thing ever. Guys are throwing stuff at you, they're laughing when you mess up. And so I ended up getting pretty good at it. Again, another challenge. And then um, when I got to the NFL, my agent was kind of like, look, you're on the downhill of your career. You know, I'm like, I just got in the NFL. He goes, well, we need to start figuring out like life after football a little bit. So I did the broadcast boot camp. I did uh, a couple radio and TV shows in Jacksonville. I really enjoyed them. Um, and then once once my career was over, I had some opportunities to do some other things and I enjoyed it. And I was like, hey, I'll, I'll see what it does. And it's opened a lot of doors. You do a lot of different things. And uh, it's so funny because everything has a different cadence. And I learned that radio is different than TV. TV is different than studio radio stations. It's so just so many different things. And so when you figure out the cadence of the show or the deal you're doing, it kind of helps you a little bit better. What do you like better? Do you like, is there one thing you like better? Do you like being on set in the studio and giving your opinion? Do you like being at the stadiums and do games, but then you, that's different. You can't, yeah, yeah. you got to certain, you got to fit it in. What, what do you think? Um, I, I like it all. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I think uh, the hardest thing I've ever done was reading off a teleprompter. That was, that was a tough thing because you have to do it in a, in a way of not making it seem like you're reading, right? So you have to kind of be talking. Uh, which was tough because I went to all boys Catholic school, so I was taught how to read uh, a certain way. I went to Catholic school. Too. There you go. Yeah, so you know. Um, but then I had a challenge working for the Rams on radio. Um, and the kudos to our boy JB Long, who walked me through it, how to be better. Um, I love JB. He's one of the best, if not the best, doing it right now. Um, but he helped me through some tough times. Uh, it was definitely challenging. I almost quit. It was that bad. But JB, Get out. Oh yeah, JB. We had to. We had a rough. We had a rough patch when I first started, and then he kind of took that, and we started working out together, and kind of got our chemistry going, and then we we were able to take off and do some really good things, uh, which is very challenging. But the studio is tough too because you have to be prepared to talk about all 32 teams and what's going on, and even here at the combines, tough because. I got to break down 30 different running backs. They're different styles, know what they're doing. So they all kind of help you uh, together and, and they all work together in, in some weird fashion, but all very challenging at the same time. You know what? People see you on TV or they listen to you on radio and they think, ah, oh, you're just talking. You know, you played the game, but there is a lot of preparation that's got to go into it. You can't really make mistakes because, boy, if you make mistakes and you're on big platforms, it's going to go viral, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's... It's not only that, it's your mannerisms when you're on TV, right? How you look, how you talk, the the hand movements, the gestures, all those things matter. Um, making sure that you don't call someone the wrong name. Where, where JB will we'll work with the Rams and there'll be a name that I can't pronounce or I have trouble with. I'll be like, JB, what's his name again? And JB jumps in, which is nice. It's a nice mechanism as I get to learn it and hear it more. Um, but I think more than anything, it's just being comfortable, right? Being comfortable, being uncomfortable, to be honest with you, because every day there's a different snafu that may happen. Uh, there's times where my earpiece has gone out and I haven't heard, I can't talk to anyone. You still have to go in there and prepare or, or still perform, I mean. Um, so I, like I said, I enjoy it. It's a different challenge. It's, it's, it's similar to football, but it's just not as physical. You know what? There's a lot of players, man, that I've talked to over the years that to get to the NFL level, Yes, you're talented, but you got to go all in. And that's all you've known. And then they get out and I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? Do you find it 
you know, kind of thankful that you kind of found a passion, man, right? Oh, man, the transition is one of the hardest things in, in life. Uh, when you, because, you know, a lot of us retire at 24, 25. I was reti I retired at 29. And so to, to say I'm done and to say I'm not going to go any further or whatever it may be uh, is definitely tough. Um, and so to find something that kind of sparked my interest, that challenged me every day to kind of push forward and learn, um, which I think, again, you know, people think when you're talking on television, you're just talking, but there's a lot of prep that goes into it. There's a lot of studying. There's a lot of, you know, you may mess up and you have people texting you. And you, so you got to kind of have thick skin a little bit and at the same time be comfortable who you are. And so uh, it is it is tough, but uh, I enjoy it. And it, you put a lot of hours in. There's a lot of times I'll fall asleep with, with the TV on on either, you know, ESPN CBS, NFL Network, somewhere I'm always constantly hearing what's going on, um, checking Twitter, checking Instagram, checking Facebook for any news that comes out. So you're kind of on the go a little bit, but like I said, I'm, I'm excited. I, I, it excites me because every year is different, right? There's a new batch of kids that you have to study, learn, and you have to project out and you, you want to be right all the time and you're wrong sometimes. And I, I just, I love it. I, I love every, every, everything about this. Just a couple of things on your career. When you were at UCLA, and obviously you were a star, did you know then that you were going to be really successful in the NFL, especially even as a rookie when you came in, all rookie? No, I, 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 to be honest with you, I didn't. I, when I was at UCLA, I was just trying to be the best player I could be. Um, I wasn't allowed to look forward with Eric Bieniemy as my coach. I was stuck in the in the now, right? So... Um, but, you know, I, I appreciate that because sometimes you, you, you start to overlook some certain things and overlook things and, and you forget to kind of be in the moment and enjoy those moments. And uh, a lot of the things I learned at UCLA helped me be successful as a rookie. Uh, we ran the same offense, which was nice when I was in Jacksonville. So that was that was pretty easy. But then the protections were the same so I could get on the field and I could play a little bit more. And the returns were the similar, too. So it opened the door for me to be able to go out there and pick up everything pretty quickly and uh, be able to show my showcase my abilities without thinking. California kid in Jacksonville, and it turned out to be a real, real blessing. Was there a little bit of like trying to get used to? Was it a culture shock in the beginning? And then do you love Jacksonville? Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was definitely a culture shock coming from L.A. to Jacksonville for sure. But I love football, right? And I think that was the most important thing was uh, football has always been my first love and um, going out there and and doing the best I could, trying to get a chance to understand the city, learn the city. Um, the city embraced me and I embraced them and I try to get back when I can. Um, but it was it was different for sure, it was different. But like I said, I just wanted to play football. And I think that was the most important thing to me. I could have played football in Antarctica, it didn't bother me any. And no one didn't have to be there. I just love playing the game and I love being around the game. And uh, going there really taught me more how to really appreciate it because Performing in 100-degree weather with 90% humidity is a little bit different than anything I've ever done. Last two, why do you think you were able to be so successful for so long, really, as a running back in the NFL? Um, I thought, I mean, I had a certain skill set that uh, allowed me to do it. I, I mean, I was trained a certain way from high school and youth football to, to college, and I had a great path, to be honest with you. Um, everywhere I went, I was challenged to be better than I thought I could be. Um, and I will try to go reach those expectations. And then when I got to the NFL, every year was something different, right? It was a, a player being drafted or a new coach coming in. You had to kind of reinvent yourself each year in order to keep playing. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to check off every box. I didn't want people, I didn't want people to think that I couldn't do anything. 
right? I wanted people to think that I could do everything. And that's what I always, that's always what I prided myself on. And uh, I was able to kind of hang on doing that for a little bit. And when it was time to go, <laughs> it was time to go. All right, here's my last one. I, was, I always ask everybody advice, those that have made it to the top. Now, you've made it to the top in football and you have made it to the top in broadcasting. So I don't know if the advice would be the same. An up-and-coming young football player trying to make it to the league and a broadcaster trying to make it. Would it be the same advice? What would be your advice? You've made it in both. Yeah, I think it would be the same. I, I think um, train and work with the best so you can measure yourself every day. I think that was my biggest thing. I trained in when I played in the NFL with Frank Gore, Matt Forte, LaShawn McCoy, uh, some of the best backs in our game at that time. We all trained in Miami together. So I always was measuring myself every day. So I never had a day to relax. Um, and I learned a lot. I took a lot of their game with me, right? I would see how they would work and how they would do certain things. And I'd take that with me. Um, and if it worked with me, it did. I kept it. If it didn't, I just got, you know, didn't do it anymore. Um, I think the same thing in broadcasting. Uh, some of the top, you know, guys that I'm always around, I see, I watch, I study other guys. And then I, I you know, perform with other guys as well. And so trying to be the best that I can be all the time um, forces me to get out of my comfort zone, right? Forces me not to, you know, rely on certain things. And, uh, and then having good people around you. I think the best thing was I had, I had an agent, I have an agent still that doesn't allow me to get comfortable. Needless to say, like when I mess up, he sends it to me. So it keeps me going, right? And so those are, those are I, I think those are the two things. Always train with the best um, and prepare with the best and then learn, you know, and figure out your way in doing it. And then always have someone there that's not a yes man. You need someone to tell you the truth. And I said, those are really important. Awesome. Honor and a pleasure, man. Continued success, Maurice. Thank you. I appreciate it. What a great guy. Great guy. And it's just so cool to see someone that is a really down-to-earth, very successful, no big ego, no thinking that their shit doesn't stink. None of that. None of that. And I, I walked away from that like, oh, I get it. The part about like always looking for a challenge, looking for a challenge, really be challenged. The other thing that stuck with me, working with the best, those that are better than you. That's how you become better. You know, that those were just, uh, they were good, they were good points because I'm trying to figure it out. You know, I'm not done. I don't want to sit on my couch. I don't want to be retired and done. No, I still want some challenges. And I've been kind of renewed uh, in, in this crazy broadcasting world the last maybe six months or so. And just have a good attitude, look to do more, be around good people, and still be hustling, and just have a good attitude. I think that goes a long way. So here, here's the situation. So... Maurice Jones-Drew is the color analyst on the L.A. Rams radio network. J.B. Long, who I used to work alongside at Bright House Sports Network, Bay News 9, 
slash Bright House Sports Network in Tampa Bay. And J.B. Long, so they're, they're the radio team for the L.A. Rams. And, you know, to get a job like that, number one, you got to be good. Number two, the timing has to be right. Timing has to be right. And it was right for those two. So J.B. is the play-by-play voice of the L.A. Rams on radio. And when he, you know, he was a young guy. He came, I think he came from Tulsa, if I'm not mistaken, that market. He went to Notre Dame. He was sharp. He was in broadcasting, the journalism. He he might have worked somewhere. I think it was Tulsa. There was another guy that came from Tulsa. <laughs> Jeff McAdam. He's in San Diego now. He was in Salt Lake. He was in L.A. Um, what is it about Tulsa? I think that's where JB was from. But anyway, it was like a medium market, medium sized market. And he comes in and he's an anchor and reporter in sports. He did some play by play, but not much. I don't remember him actually doing high school football. We did a lot of high school football games. Drew Felios was the main guy in Tampa. They had a, a, a guy similar to Drew in Orlando. But Drew was really the guy. And JB did some basketball. He, I think he did a few USF, uh, University of South Florida basketball games. Not much. He had an agent. And he wasn't at our place long, our shop long. And all of a sudden he was doing stuff for MLB Network. I'm like, how the heck did he get that? Because I would have loved to have done something from MLB Network. But I was a Tampa guy. I had been in Tampa a long time. I didn't really think that I needed an agent. I had an agent for a little short time. So I really wasn't going anywhere. Um, my son was living, you know, 20, 30 minutes away. I wanted to make sure I was still around. Um, started with Emily. We were going to start a new family. You know, blah, blah, blah. We have a daughter now. But anyway, but. Right away, he was doing, like, they call them talkbacks and things on MLB Network. And I'm like, oh, oh, wow, he's pretty sharp. We traveled with the Lightning, making their Stanley Cup run. I remember being in Boston, being in another city, I think. We shared the room, uh, JB and I. And, you know, he was sharp. It wasn't somebody like, this guy is going to go really, really far. You could tell he was just, he was sharp confident but not 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 big flashy or anything like that and bright house sports network where i worked the boss elia weiser weiser at the time was like we're going all high school all high school all high school oh my god you know no more box and rays and lightning and only if your high school duties are done can you go to a Rays game and i remember there was a staff meeting and one of the guys drew felios raised his hand he goes what if a pitcher's throwing a no hitter and he's like not until your high school duties are done can you go to the trop to cover the no hitter i'm like oh my god man it's not a little extreme but that was the boss and if anybody doesn't like it there's the door well i had a family to support there's no way I could go to the you know door. I'm a little older, so the chances of getting another gig are very, very hard. And I remember JB saying, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm on my path. I'm not going to be just doing all high school. And he decided, hey, man, I'm not now. And he got a job. The Pac-12 network was just starting. Just starting. 
And he got a job as a play-by-play, basketball, and some football. He might have done other sports. And I say, congratulations. I'm like, that's great, blah, blah, blah. So I continued to follow him. Then the St. Louis Rams are moving from St. Louis to Los Angeles. And the owner wanted a young broadcasting team for the fans in Cali, Los Angeles, to just grow with. You know what I mean? You don't want an older guy that's going to be doing it for a couple of years and bringing in somebody new. And I remember reading in the trades that they had like three or four different candidates that were going to be the play-by-play voice of the L.A. Rams. L.A. is the number two market in the country. The Rams, NFL, you can't go any higher. And I remember reading J.B. Long of the Pac-12 Network, and I'm like, holy crap, he's auditioning for the L.A. Rams play-by-play gig. Just a couple of years ago, he was here doing high school coverage and pro coverage in Tampa Bay. And he got it. And Maurice Jones-Drew was his color analyst, former player. And they've been together ever since. And I, I, you know, JB was telling me the story at one of the, we sat down at the press box for a Rams-Bucks game very briefly before he was off to do his call of the game. And he was just telling me how it went down and they wanted a young duo. And they were, they were out of San Francisco. He and his lovely wife, I don't know if she was like expecting or they had one yet. I wasn't. It was around that time, and she wasn't even sure if the L.A. move would be right. And he's like, you got to be kidding me. I know we got a nice little place in San Francisco. It's hard to get housing. They were a Pac-12 network at the time. Boy, but I mean, timing is everything. you got to have timing. you got to be in the right place at the right time. But when you get that opportunity, you got to run with it. And he has. And I was able to get Maurice Jones-Drew on this Rock Stops Here podcast because of, I mentioned the name, J.B. Long. And, and he turned around, he goes, yes, you are, yes, yes. So I just think that that's really, really cool. Very, very cool. Really cool. And it was an honor, man, to have uh, Maurice Jones-Drew on the podcast. So thank you, J.B. Continued success. The thing about play-by-play for a team whether it be here in Tampa Bay, the Rays, you know, the hockey, the Tampa Bay Lightning, or whatever market you're in, NFL team, you usually don't lose those gigs. You know, once you get them, you keep them, and you're set, and you just do a great job. You become a part of the fabric of the community, man. You are the voice, the familiar voice when you listen to the games of your team, your in your market. You know, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, like, all right, Gene Deckerhoff, how many years has he been doing? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Fire those cannons. Score! Dave Mishkin, Tampa Bay Lightning. How long has he been doing the games? And he'll do them until he is ready to hang them up. Uh, Dave and Andy. And then, of course, the passing, the untimely passing of 
Dave Wills of the Rays. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I have been around Tropicana Field um, during this entire little stretch. I talked to Stu Stern. Matter of fact, I talked to uh, Stu Sternberg, the owner of the Rays, today about Dave's passing. And we were on the field before the game today, uh, the spring training game at Tropicana Field. And Stu was telling me that he talked to Dave like that day. And they had just, they talked at length. And he was like, yeah, I'm feeling good. And he goes, he looked fine. He was energetic. No idea. I mean, I said, that's what it is, Stu. You know, sometimes you can see somebody, the color of their face, their skin, like, ooh, they don't look good. Or they've lost a considerable amount of weight. What's going on there? You know what I mean? But just to have that heart attack and just, or however it was, I don't even know. I was trying not to listen in. I was, you know, it's not my business. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you went. You're, you're in the afterlife. You're in your another life now. You're gone. You're not here, you know. And uh, both of those guys, Dave Wills and Andy Freed, were on the Rock Stops Here podcast months ago, last season, separately. And both of them, both of them had the same piece of advice. And I, I, again, I did them separately. And at the end of these podcasts, I always ask, what is your advice? You have made it to the top. What's the best advice you give? How did you make it? And both Dave and Andy said the exact same thing. That's rare. You know, a lot of them say you got to work hard. You know, both said be yourself. You can have a mentor, but don't try to copy someone else. You can, you know, you can take some things. I was on a podcast last week, uh, a guy in Chicago that remembered Dave Wills because he used to work for the uh, Chicago White Sox, the pre and post game. And they were, we were talking and then there was Tampa Bay guys on it. And we were remembering Dave and he said, he stole that, uh, Raise win, raise win, raise win. He said he stole that from Harry Carey. Cubs win, Cubs win, Cubs win. Uh, you, you know, you can take something here or there from your mentor or or someone that you idolize in the business, but both Dave and Andy Freed, play-by-play voices of the Tampa Bay Rays in radio, be yourself. Be yourself. Find something about you that might be a little bit different. Just be yourself. And what all comes along with it, be a good person, all that jazz. But I thought that that was interesting that both of those guys. And then I saw Andy today. He was on the phone and he was up there and I was going up to go to the bathroom. I went up to the third, the next level. And he was sitting on a chair doing an interview or something. And I just looked at him. He looked at him. I just gave that, you know, to my heart and just gave him the fist pump and just hang, man. You know, just let them be. You know, it's gonna take. It's gonna take a long, long, long while. But again, both and when 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 they did the Rock Stomp Share podcast, both of them said the same thing. They didn't want to go too long. You know, there's somewhere. You know, it's all you. It's all you'd know. It's what you want to continue to do. You don't want to retire. I understand that. I don't want to retire. I don't want to sit on a couch. I don't want to find a hobby. You know, I love what I do, but you also have to be real, you know, realistic 
if your delivery is bad, if you're forgetting things, you're making mistakes, you're slower, you don't sound good anymore, you know, it's time and you don't want to have somebody tell you that, you know, it's time. Uh, and both of those guys said that they didn't want to go into their 70s and be doing games, you know, maybe, I, I think Andy had said, I thought Andy said late, no, I think he said early 60s, maybe, something like that, you know, but here Dave passed at 58 years old, he turned 59, they had a cake for him in the press box, and uh, just, oh my goodness, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness, but anyway, that's an on the broadcasting end, um, and it's funny because I don't know if I talked about it last podcast or the podcast before this, that 85-year-old Tom Moore, who is an offensive quarterback assistant coach of the NFL Tampa Bay Buccaneers, wants to go till he's 100. And he said, I got 16, he's 84. I got 16 more years to go. That's what he told Joe Bucks fan. Yeah. <laughs> and here I'm saying he does you know what you know what they they released they let go of quite a few of the offensive coaches Todd Bowles did because it was a bad year last year even with Brady and everything it was bad and he was retained he was retained he works it isn't like you just have the old guy there and again he's not on the air you know it's a little different when you're a broadcaster if your delivery there is, there is somebody that I was listening to, and I was like, ooh, they sound, sound, sound old, sound slow, delivery slow, but they're probably making the money for the station still. If you got the endorsements, then they're going to keep keep you going. But anyway, it was, it was interesting. All right, I'm not going to make this one too long today. Um... We are still living at my in-laws. It looks like it's going to be a while. I don't know what part of the country you are living, but even with interest rates going up slightly, going up, it has not affected housing sales here in where we live in the Tampa Bay area. Especially, I think it's the entire Tampa Bay area. I'm we're we're living in Upper Pinellas County it's called and it just blows me away man I'm just we're going to have to just we have to reach we're going to have to pay a lot more than I thought we were going to have to pay for a house holy that we that we want you know and, and a lot of people are hitting me up like oh wait till you get that house that you love I don't think we're going to be able to get a house that we love it's just amazing we have a realtor, we go into these open houses and it's like Grand Central Station. These offers are being put in within 24 hours, more than the asking price. Can you sign in over here? People are FaceTiming their family back in the Northeast and we're going to be living here in Florida. It's amazing the amount of people that are still coming here into our area in by the boatload. And it's just, it's unbelievable. I thought with inflation, people would be cutting back on spending. That ain't happening. So, but we're very, very fortunate. Very, very fortunate. I bet my father-in-law would 
would be getting tired of us. But uh, he's such a good man. They are so good. I don't know what we would do without them. I'll tell you that right now. We would be renting and paying a lot of money. So anyway, that's what's happening. I'm enjoying, again, I have been uh, rejuvenated covering baseball this year. You know what I saw today, which was really, really neat? I was at four hours before first pitch. That's how early I was. I was the first one in the press box. I was the first one down on the field today. And it was way before game time. It was the Rays. And Kevin Cash is the skipper. He's the manager of the Tampa Bay Rays. And with the success that they've had, he has not changed a bit. Everybody that deals with him on a daily basis says he is the same guy. And he was hitting grounders to his son and his son I'm looking at his son his little guy and he's out at shortstop beautiful delivery with the arm beautiful fielding you know his father's a major league manager his father was a major league player he's on a major league field there's no bad hops with dirt I mean with rocks you know how it is at some fields wherever you are right I will say this, field, baseball fields down here in Florida are really well taken care of for the most part compared to what I used to play on back in New Jersey and up north wherever when I lived. Oh, my God. But so there's no, you know, they're manicured. Major League Baseball fields are just gorgeous. So there's everything is a true hop. But, I mean, this kid is out there, and I'm looking at him, and he's throwing the ball over to first base. And Kevin Cash is hitting ground balls to his son. Nobody else is out there yet. Well, there was a player, Taylor Walls. He's a young shortstop for the Rays, an infielder, and he's he works hard all the time. He came out there. But anyway, the kid is the kid is looking so good. And I'm like, look at how old is he? And I asked him, they go, I think he's nine. He's ten years old. He doesn't even play on a big field yet. He's on a little league field. You're on a little league field when you're 12. When you turn 13, I think that stayed the way, same. And then you can go on the big field. He go after he's done taking grounders from Kevin Cash. Kevin Cash has got a fungo and he's hitting grounders to his son. And then he's throwing them. He's bouncing them into his dad. Then he's throwing them over to first base. Okay. Now the kid. Goes over to first base. Kevin Cash is hitting grounders to Taylor Walls, a major league infielder, and another major league player. He didn't have his jersey on. I didn't know who it was because they got a lot more kids and uh, guys in camp. But it's a major league player. And the players are taking grounders and they're throwing them over to first base. I mean, they're not like, they're not you know, as hard as they can, they're throwing it over at a freaking on a line. And this kid is 10 years old and he's catching everything. He is scooping it. He's catching it high. Most of the throws are right there. And I'm like, he's 10 years old. Can you imagine that training? And then when he goes to his little league practice tonight or his little league game playing with nine and 10 year olds, or 10 and 11 year olds after being on an infield with major leaguers. I've always said that. All the years that I've covered sports, 
at the major league at the highest level, NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, kids that their parents were either coaches or maybe even playing, being in the clubhouse, being in the locker room, being on the field, being around that, you're so you're so ahead of the game. There's something you just soak it in. I swear to God, all the years that I pitched in local leagues, I got better as I came down here because I was around major leaguers all the time. You just it's you, the, your eyeballs checking it all out. You, the, if it doesn't affect you, then I don't know what is going on with you. But anyway, it was it was, and that was neat to see, neat to see. And I said, "Good job, young man! Holy mackerel!" I went to give high, Kevin Cash a, a fist bump, but he almost blew me off. He wasn't even looking. I go, "That is so impressive! How old is he?" he goes, "He's ten years old." And then he was off on doing his managerial duties. So anyway, all is really, really good. I hope things are going good with you. It's just cool to see the economy, to see how people are just spending. We're back. Everybody's doing pretty darn good. If you're if you got a little of a health issue. My prayers to you, man. Just hang tough. Hang tough. We're here. We're on this earth for a reason, right? All righty. There is a guy that sits behind me. Oh, my God. In the press box. Oh, my God. You know what? No need to go there. Let's let's keep it all good. All right, guys, listen. <laughs> Have a good one. I may bring you some cool baseball guests. I got one that I'm saving. Maybe I'll do it next week. I can't hold it any longer. Eric Burns. Google him. He played major leagues, MLB. He has been in ESPN, MLB Network. Last year he was with the Savannah Bananas. Uh, he's with No Filter. It's a network, streaming network. He is a uh, marathoner. No, what do they call those? Like when they do such long distances for everything. He is he is a he is great. He uh, not I don't want to say unusual. I like him, and it was one of my favorite podcasts. I may give you him next week. We'll see. I got two months worth stockpile. But anyway, thank you, thank you, thank you. Subscribe if you're not subscribed. Please hit that one, and uh, you know, thanks, man. I really appreciate you, all right? And head tough and enjoy life. And I'll talk to you next week. Thank you. <laughs>